Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. This year, though it has been extremely painful for in so many ways, has also given us this opportunity to ask ourselves, how do I want to live? What ways can I shift and pivot to make this feel more like me? And that's what really living your dharma is about. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. This next guest is going to give you so much clarity on your life's purpose and why you're here and how it intertwines with everything that you do, especially your business. So I have had Sahara Rose on the podcast before and everyone was obsessed. So we have her on again and she's got a new book out called Discover Your Dharma. Sahara Rose was called by Deepak Chopra, the leading voice in the millennial generation into the new paradigm shift. But she's also a dancing queen just trying to raise vibes on the planet. So she is here to show you how to discover your dharma so you can blossom into your highest self and embody your fullest expression on 
the planet. She takes ancient Vedic wisdom and makes it modern, relatable, and super fun if you guys follow her on social media. She's the best-selling author, speaker, podcast host, and founder of Rose Gold Goddess and the Sacred Sisterhood Collective for spiritual women committed to living their dharmas. She has been featured in Vogue, Forbes, NBC, and so many other places, you guys. So let's get into the show. Sahara, I'm so excited to be chatting with you again. It's been, I think it's been a couple of years since you were on my podcast. I know. I think it's been like, I want to say three years or something since last time we that were talking is- all about Ayurveda. So I'm so happy to be here. And we're in, we're not in LA. I mean, imagine if someone told us three years ago, like both of you will not be here anymore, but would not have believed, would you have believed them? Because I literally would have said over my dead body, like for- exactly. I, I was them, like LA till I die, but I'm here. <laughs> I've made all like could have made a clothing company about you know not leaving LA and been like, no, you gotta stay. This is the best place in the world. And here we are in totally different places. So this is such a great segue though to talk about what you are talking about. You have an amazing uh, new book out called Discover Your Dharma, which I can talk about this all day because I'm I'm living it one million percent. Like I, I'm actually quite in awe of how life works as far as all of these different... I feel like I'm in a place right now, and I know that you will shed light on this for everyone, where everything that I've done is intersecting. you know. And all of these past questions of like, why the hell am I in this job? Or why did my paths cross over here? Or wow, did I spend too much time there? It's like every answer of you were always in the right spot is like intersecting with what I'm doing now. And and that was definitely something that was also curated and thought about, but um, it's, it's like life is giving us cues. So I would love for you to speak on kind of, you know, you talk a lot about Dharma and purpose and why don't we start with, you know, what, what is Dharma if people don't know what that is? Yeah. So your Dharma is your soul's purpose. It's the big reason why you are here. It's your unique energy or expression that only you bring to the table. So it's much more of a frequency of who you are than it is what you do. It's how you do it. So it can show up in many different forms, thinking of it as a company's mission statement, right? What we stand for. I'm here to raise consciousness or bring beauty to the world or connect women back to their hearts, etc. It it is the frequency that you will carry through everything you do and the red thread that ties it all together. Now, your career projects, roles you play, et cetera, are like the services of that company. You know, you can you can have your your wine company, you can do your mastermind, you can do this podcast, you can write books, you've done all of these things, and it's still all in alignment with your Dharma, which we'll actually talk about and figure out on this episode. So a lot of times people are kind of kicking themselves of I keep changing my mind, I must not have a purpose. I'm interested in so many things. I must not have a purpose. I must be, you know, sometimes you look at people like a Sarah Blakely of like she had this idea and that is her purpose and sometimes people feel like if it doesn't look like that, I might not have one. But there's actually three types of people and regarding their purposes. They're the air people. The air people have a lot of ideas. They they get excited about new things. They feel really kind of stuck and heavy if they're doing the same same thing day in and day out. Actually, their zone of genius and why they are here is to be a channel to keep coming up with new ideas to flow like the air. So they're going to have a lot of things that they're potentially interested in. Now, the trick, if you are that type of person, which I know you have a lot of, is sometimes... And I'm I'm curious if this was like this at the beginning of your career, is you have so many ideas, you don't know what to take action on. And you're afraid, what if I take action on the wrong thing and I end up in the wrong place and then I like missed my missed my boat? And sometimes that can really paralyze you of wanting to figure it all out and have all of the steps and strategies before you take action on something. Whereas you later learn that the only way through confusion is action. And that's how you got the clarity. Were you feeling really kind of confused, especially at the beginning? Oh God. I mean, you just... You nailed me to a T. Um, with air people. Hi, hi, that's me. Um, yes. And I feel like a lot of the people who listen to this podcast, I hear that a lot. Like, you know, I want to do a lot of things and I'm paralyzed because there's just so much. And for me, uh, because of life experience, I knew that I could do a lot of things, you know, like that, that my, um, and I don't know if we want to go here yet, but I, I knew what my, like my mission statement was, what my Dharma was. So as I was thinking of these ideas, it helped me get really clear 
on what could be the best conduit to carry out this mission as well and what lit me up the most. So with that said, I might as well tell you because I, you know, when I was thinking of all these different ideas after writing a book and doing the women's event, it was like, you know, what's another aspect where I could connect women that are more like mainstream women? Cause I wanted to get more out to the masses. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be, um, or I wanted to be, but I wanted uh, to be connecting these women who are already, you know, on this soulful journey, but I wanted to reach these women who weren't quite there yet also. And I was like, you know, they're all connecting over cocktails. And I know that my mission is to always like connect women and also to be a trailblazer, like to go first. So it kind of like went with, well, I've never done alcohol before. I don't know a lot of who, women who have, and they're all connecting over alcohol. So how can I connect that with it. So it gave me a bit of guidance. So I know that that's what we're going to talk about today. Whereas if if this idea would have come to me 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been prepared for it. It would have felt too, quote unquote, airy, like too much like out of left field and like, oh my God, that can't be right for me because it's not form like it's alcohol. And, you know, I know nothing about it, but once I knew my Dharma, it was like very easy for me to say this totally actually connects with what I want to do. And mm. it gave more options. Like I had so many options as I was going through this field. But yes, there was a lot that came around this. And I I use that as a North Star. I love that so much. And it really shows that sometimes an idea can come to you before you're ready for it. You know, sometimes we see an idea that we're like, that's a 10 years down the line idea, or that's the, I need to go through this experience to, you know, I I consider it like your curriculum. This earth is a school and each of us has to go through a unique curriculum to help us embody this Dharma, this purpose. So just because you were born with a purpose does not necessarily mean you're going to live it in this lifetime. Are you going to go through the obstacles, which can look like limiting beliefs, societal conditioning, scarcity mindset, so many different ways that it can show up. But really, it's your training that you need to go through to see, are you willing to surpass these perceived limitations and remember the truth of who you are? And I mean, I know so much of your story, but since you were a child, you were here to make people happy, make people laugh, like like feel like you're, you're a part of it. I remember your story of the jumping into the swimming pool when you were a kid and like, you know, feeling, feeling self-conscious. I just want to make people happy. And earn your earn your happy podcast you know and it's like that's going to show up in so many different ways and now you have this awareness of this is all related to my dharma but oftentimes when we don't have a sense of purpose or clarity it can feel like i am confused i'm all over the place i'm not i don't have a mission and then we compare ourselves to the next type, which are the fire types, which I see Chris has a lot of. So the fire types, and and you've channeled this, and I feel like it's probably like from yourself and also from living with Chris. Right. The fire types are like, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. And once they have an idea, it's just like that is happening right now. And they will they will create the systems, they will create the organization, build the team. They actually work their best when they're part of a mission. They're part of a team. We're all in our roles and we're building this thing together. Whereas the more air person can often get their best ideas on their own, walking, doing something creative. I know you guys go on your your walks every day, but Maybe for you, you're like, ah, oh, I can I can breathe and my ideas are coming through. Whereas Chris maybe has more of a focus to him of like, here's this, here's this thing we need to solve. Like, let's dive into it, which is more of a masculine energy as well. Though females, men can both resonate with this. So a lot of times using Sarah Blakely as an example, you have this idea of like, this is what I'm here to do, and you will give all of your energy to it. And even when it feels hard or you might not feel super inspired by it anymore, you you keep on building at it. That's actually part of your purpose to, to blaze through. Mm. However, the shadow side of that is sometimes they find something that works. Like, hey, I have clients or customers. So I got to keep being this person that I was when I started the business. And that's no longer in alignment with who they are. And that leads to burnout, excess fire, feeling like I have to do this thing and you're attached to your business. And I'm sure you've seen so many people who have changed significantly from the time they had the idea for the business to bringing it to life. But they now feel like I'm kind of on this weighted chain attached to it. And then life oftentimes gets harder. And when life gets harder, it's reminding us like, Hey, things don't feel flow. Things don't feel like alignment. Things don't feel 
like that same creative spark that you had at the beginning. And it's to know the nuance of, is this my personal resistance of, hey, my limiting beliefs or my shadows are showing up? Or is this universal resistance, which is looking at the the big picture signs of, I am... I'm hitting roadblock after roadblock and I'm not inspired to keep going. So the nuance for me, sometimes people are like, how do you know if something's hard and it's for you and you just got to go through it or it's not for you? So I like to think of the body focusing on the feeling of expansive or contractive. Mm -hmm. So for you, Lori, if I told you to feel like, what does expansive feel like for you and your body? Like what what does your body want to do? Oh, I um, take deeper breaths, really deep breaths. My eyes are wide. Um, it happened to me this morning. I was on a run with a girlfriend talking about like lo- things with light pink. And I mean, if I'm being totally honest, I am hitting massive roadblocks right now in a couple areas. Um, but I still feel expansive. So th- that's how I know exactly what you talked about. Um, and in my body, like I said, like wide eyes, lots of energy. Um, I feel up like awake, very awake, um, a lot of energy. Uh, I I notice that I can't talk fast enough sometimes because I'm very excited. Um, And that's really how it shows up for me. Like I I just, I want to sit, like I I get really excited to think about who I can talk with ideas about. Mm, So what are the things like you mentioned talking about light pink, what are the things that you do in your business that really make you feel in this state? Uh, creative things for sure. Marketing. I can't wait to like talk about fun marketing plans, anything with humor involved, weirdness over connecting. Like I can't wait to create some other products around like pink that like really connect women and make them have an emotional connection to a brand. I can't wait for them to feel an emotional connection around the mission um, and to feel like they're a part of it. So like really brainstorming over how they can be a part of it and what that looks like in reality, like in a tangible form. Mm. I love that. So that is your North Star. That's how you know, tuning into when do I feel this expansive energy and versus when do I feel contractive? So for you, if I was like, think of contraction, what does that feel like in your body? Oh, talking about supply chain. Um, and, and that's like uh, talking about licensing. And that makes me feel, um, oh God, tired. It makes me look on social media. <laughs> it makes me numb out. It makes me want to drink a lot of wine at night. Um, it makes me uh, like, I'll literally be like super stressed out and open the refrigerator and be like, wait, how did I, why am I standing in front of the fridge right now? Like, I have to really consciously like remind myself that it's a part of why I get to experience the expansion. So we don't always get to be in that expansion part, right? Mm-hmm. That would be mm-hmm. such a that's such a great question for me to ask you, but I don't want to get off the signs yet. So I'll write that down for later. No, we can go right into it. So yeah, it's the question of then can I feel expansive all the time? Can I always live like this? And the truth of you fully embodying your dharma is a yes. However, it has stages, yeah. you know? So it's like a baby. You can't... Eventually, your baby's going to have its own beautiful life and be able to live on its own and not need you. But right now, it's an infant. And then it's one, two, five, ten 10 years old. And as it gets older, it needs you less, especially in those things that you might not want to do. So, you know, light pink is... It, it's an infancy or maybe it's a toddler right now. Actually, how... How, like, when did you come up with the idea? How long ago? Uh, it's been about a year and a half now. Okay. So think of it as a, a year and a half year old child. Like that year and a half year old child needs you. It yeah. needs you all of the time. So you could even think of it as like, what age is it? Is it seven years old? Is it 10 years old? Three years old? So right now it's this baby. So you're gonna have to do the things that, you know, maybe feel more contractive knowing that as it gets older, you can actually hire people who feel expansive talking about the things that make you feel contractive, who are so jammed out on supply chains and these little back end details. And oftentimes we think, who would ever want to do that? But a lot of people do. Like a lot of people really nerd out on that stuff. And truly, we all have a purpose. And when we're living in alignment with our purpose, the world becomes whole. So you're not gonna have to do these things that feel really icky for you because there's someone else that sparked up from that. However, at the beginning of something, you're wearing many, many different hats. You're you're figuring it all out. And then the things that feel the most contractive should be the first things that you delegate and hire out for. And then what are the things that are like, semi, like I'm sitting in an airplane contractive. I'm not dying, but I'm sitting in an airplane. And then it's those things. 
and those things. And as you release, it's almost like an anchor that you're releasing weight from and you feel lighter and lighter. And then more of that expansive energy will show up. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I'm like saying, by the way, did we, I I'm acknowledging this feels like a, a wonderful therapy session right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe I ever outside of this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just acknowledging because I I went without an assistant for like two months, and I really was contracted for a while. And I'm like, maybe I'm not in the right thing. Oh my god, like those questions can come up. And I was like, no, you know it's right. But even though I know it's right, like when you're not in your thing for a while, you can start to question yourself. So you know, in the emails and in like the spreadsheets and all of those things, I'm like, this is not where I'm meant to be. So as soon as I hired this amazing assistant last week, I mean, the amount of expansion that came with that was like, ah, got it. Okay. More of that. It's, it can be a tough reminder though, especially in the beginning. Right. So what, like, what do you say to those people who are like, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to hire. I don't have the money to like hire and find these people. What are, what are a couple like fixes to get more expansion so we don't burn ourselves up? Mm, yeah. So first know your archetypes. So I love archetypes. There's so many different types of archetypes out there. I have these nine Dharma archetypes. So they're related to your purpose and we can quickly kind of go through them. But to know your archetype is to know what roles you are the best in. So for you, you definitely have the visionary, the teacher, the artist, you know, these are the things that you feel really alive with, but probably like the researcher is not your number one archetype or like the warrior who's like kind of fighting the battle. These are the things that definitely are, are not the places you're going to shine. It doesn't mean you should have a gaping hole in your pocket of like, I never want to be like that. You know, for me, my last one is the warrior. So I hated confrontation. I didn't want to like, you know, anything that I felt like I had to fight for, I was like, you know what, maybe it's not for me, but I actually had to make friends with my inner warrior because as we know, it's it's always going to happen. It is a part of life. So now I can step into my warrior when I need to and know that if I'm in my warrior all the time, then, then something is off. Then I'm not actually living my purpose and offering my gifts in the best way that I can. So it's to make friends. And, and the nine archetypes are teacher... A person who's here to, you know, give knowledge, whether it is in front of a classroom, online, any sort of thing. You you really just love to to te- you learn through life through teaching. So the type of people like when they were studying for a test would like imagine teaching it to someone else, or you know would be like, hey kids, I learned this. And oftentimes you go through experiences in life of I learned this thing, and then when you teach it, that's how you transmute it, and then you go on to learning the next lesson and the next lesson. So I know we both definitely have that. You know, a lot of people who are just teaching things in general, they are teaching the very things they needed to learn. Mm-hmm. And the next one is the visionary. Mm-hmm. Visionary is really here to see the big picture. They are here to inspire. They're here to talk on this really like high and also looking into the future of, you know, where is this heading? Where is this going? More of the unseen. So the spirituality, the essence, the emotions of it. So, you know, a peer teacher may be like, I'm here to teach you algebra or something. Whereas the visionary is here to like rise you up. Like at a conference, that person who comes in and you're just you're not even sure what they said, but you're feeling really inspired. Like that is the visionary. Their gift is their word, their communication. And it's not what they say. It's the energy that they transmit. So we both definitely have the visionary. A lot of people who do speaking do. The next one is the the nurturer. So the nurturer is here to really dive deep with people, like to sit one-on-one to understand them. What are you going through? So a teacher will tell you, whereas the nurturer will ask questions. So to pull the wisdom from you, more of a coach, a therapist, a healer. So Oprah is a really good example of this because Oprah, you know, speaks in massive staple stadiums, et cetera, but she sits on a chair next to the person and asks them a really important question and listens to them. And that's that nurture energy of their space holders. That is part of their dharma. So, you know, it can be as massive as Oprah or you just go into coach. Like oftentimes coaches are like, am I not doing enough because I don't have a book and 12 programs and a mastermind and a membership. And it's like, if you're the nurturer, it's about deepening in what you're doing rather than expanding into all of these different avenues and to let that be your thing and to just get deeper, deeper levels of intimacy with people. And oftentimes nurturers really find their role in being a parent. 
You know, like a lot of, a lot of women are like, I must not have a purpose because I'm just a mom. Mm. And it's seeing that, you know, the huge Dharma that is raising the next generation. And if you're feeling unfulfilled being a mom, then there's probably something else another archetype in you. Being a mother will definitely raise your nurture archetype. But some women, it's like being a mom, like that is where their purpose comes alive. And then maybe it's joining the PTA or coming up with a new baby formula or something else that they gain from that role. But they really learn from the roles that they're in. Mm. I feel like you have some of that one. From the role. That's like such a beautiful way of thinking about it. Cause I have run into a lot of moms who are like, I'm just a mom. And I'm like, or they, and they also feel like there's something else, but how beautiful that that role of nurture is like the most important role to give them the next, like very important life giving role as well. You know, it's just, yeah, we, we have to, we're so multifaceted, many of us that that's so cool. Anyway, keep going. This is yes. So- yes. And, and, you know, to be a nurturer can show up as like seeing your business as your baby, seeing like having a relationship with your friends and family that really goes deep. Like I definitely see you having a lot of the nurture in you too. Like you really want to like connect and like have that conversation. Um, but someone who maybe that's like their number one thing will just like Alyssa Nobriga or someone like that, who's like just really wanting to coach with people. Yeah. So cool. then the next one is the activist. The activist is really here to bring about change, social, cultural, political, uh, economical, etc. So they're really connected to, you know, everything wrong in this world. Like that to them infuriates them. They're like, how can there still be poverty or racism or inequality? And that makes them come alive. And that's part of their dharma. That's part of their mission here. They they don't they're the type of people who are like we can't bypass what's going on in the world outside of you they really want to look at their neighborhood the problems the shadows of the world so this year 2020 was really the year of the activists like all of us had to look at our relationship with our own inner activist like is she really strong or is that the archetype that we feel least comfortable with now this doesn't mean we should all just become the activists because there are some people who've dedicated their lives to this and that's their role to play however we should all have some level of comfort with our own inner activists and i feel like that this year really brought that up of like wow do i feel really awkward and uncomfortable speaking about anything that I'm not a direct expert in or am I feeling so alive and I want to talk about this and like use my platform for it. So that's really what the activist is. And for some people, it's their life's work. For some people, it's something they need to work a little bit more on in themselves. Uh, I I feel like that's probably resonating with a lot of people right now. Um, Just because I know it resonated with me, I had to get comfortable with it. Uh, whether whether it was whether it's in my sign or not, I do think that the way that we also grow up can get us further or closer away from it. And for me, it was really interesting what this year brought up around it because I came from a really religious background where it was like you kind of state you didn't share any. There was no allowing political views, and there was no sharing, especially. So it just brought up a lot for me. I feel like I got to get very uncomfortable and very comfortable with like you know, years like this get you clear on what your purpose is. And sometimes it's very muddy in the beginning. Like it was so muddy that I felt like I just wanted to follow herd mentality. And then that felt wrong. So it was like trying things on and then going, Oh, that felt like shit. Okay. Mm. Let's try other things on like figuring out where you fall. So I just wanted to acknowledge like if people are resonant with that, like it, it's like, keep, keep on like digging into that. So thank mm. you. Amazing. Yeah, no, it was to me, this has definitely been the year of giving ourselves also permission to be who we are, like using the activist as an example. I think I definitely have activists. It's one of my main ones, but I would see other activists have this why don't you care as much as we do? And it, and I can see it, how it can really turn into this feeling of I'm doing this for all of you and you guys don't care as much as I do in the sense of, of over-responsibility. And to also see how not everyone is meant to speak on every topic. And you know they're meant to serve different issues in, in different ways. And then what happens when we try to get everyone to adhere to any certain art, archetype is it ends up being performative or not well thought out, et cetera. And then we have more ripple effects on that. So I think this year really taught us of like, hey, we don't all need to show up in the same way. And we all have very important roles to play in all forms of change. 
So you guys know if I'm drinking water, it probably has liquid IV in it. And they're really well known for liquid IV being their most popular hydration drink mix, but they also have their energy multiplier. And it's an absolute game changer if you need that little extra boost. So one stick is like drinking two cups of coffee and it's an all natural alternative to processed energy drinks for a sustained energy boost throughout the day. And you guys, you know, around two or three, I'm always like, God, I just, I need something. I need a cup of coffee or something. And what I do is I just add the energy multiplier and I'm getting that little boost along with getting more water. So half of Americans report that they struggle with daily fatigue. And some signs include decreased focus, lack of motivation, poor mood, and unhappiness. I've definitely experienced some of those. So with Liquid IV Energy Multiplier, you can upgrade your vibe and reach your constant state of awesome, which you know I am all about because of this show. So it's definitely the thing that is making me drink more water because it tastes so freaking good and I get the bonus of having the energy boost. So it's made with premium matcha and green energy blends that taste delicious and provide a lasting energy boost throughout the day. They're they're also on a mission. So Liquid IV has a mission to positively change the world. The company's donated over 6.7 million servings globally. So Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code HAPPY at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code HAPPY at liquidiv.com. Start fueling your adventures today at liquidiv.com, promo code HAPPY. Yeah, it, it was it was beautiful and challenging. And the most challenging years are the most challenging years are the ones that you can reflect on later. And you're like, oh, that was actually great. But in it, it's it's tough, right? It's just everyone trying to figure out where we all fit. Yeah. Okay. What's the next one? Yeah. So the next one is the entrepreneur. So the entrepreneur, I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this have it in them, whether they're actively living it or inspired by it. So the entrepreneur is here to solve problems. That's really what they're here to do. They are. They look at the world as, here's a hole that I can fill with a sustainable solution. So they are driven by both profit and impact. So, you know... Chris's podcast is just like the perfect example. I would say entrepreneur is probably his like number one archetype, but it's when good money, when good people make money, they make good decisions or it's something along those lines of, well, what is it? What is the exact slogan? Good people make good money. They do good things. Exactly. So that is like totally what the entrepreneur stands for, you know, and not all of them have that total wholeness of, of why, but something within them is driven to solve the world's problems in terms of using business solutions. So they are more pragmatic, strategic, looking at that fire element to them. So let's say we were all here to help the environment. You know, the teacher might be like, okay, well, this is how much pollution is going out, et cetera. The visionary may give a talk of like, we're all connected to earth and earth is our mother. And the nurturer is like really talking to people of like, how do you feel in nature? And then the, the entrepreneur is like, okay, let's look at plastic straw consumption. Let's create this bamboo straw to reduce plastic consumption by 200% by year 2030. Like that is how they would go about a huge problem. They they don't want to do something that they can't really follow through with. So they need something they can measure and track and and let it live on its own. That's why the profit element is so important for them because you know, the activist may go around, I'm going to sign petitions and raise awareness. We don't, the, the entrepreneur would say, I don't know where that's going. I want to make sure I can track where it's going. So it has that more analytical, rational mind to things, whereas activists can feel just more in the heart. Like I'm just feeling passionate about this and I'm feeling inspired. So the entrepreneur is going to go through life probably starting different businesses or showing up as an entrepreneur and everything it is that they do in being that solution creator, like Natalie Ellis of Boss Babe is like total entrepreneur. Now, the shadow side of that one is work-life boundaries can be really, really tough because it's so intrinsic with who they are. You know, it's it's hard for them to like just turn off their laptops and their phones at 7 p.m. because they may have a genius idea at 11 p.m. And then what? Are they not going to do it? It's just... It's hard for an entrepreneur to explain that feeling to other people because most other people, you know, you go to work, you end it, you move on. Whereas for them, it's just, it's why they're here. So it's to also re- release yourself from the expectations of here's what work life boundaries looks like, just because that's what it might look like in the corporate world. 
and to not define your worth by your productivity. Because oftentimes entrepreneurs have this idea of the more productive I am, the more worthy and lovable I am. So looking at that wound as well. Wow. I definitely resonate with that one. Um, And it's interesting because people outside of your life will be like, you work too much, you do this too much, or you need to get your priorities straight. And you're like, they feel very straight right now. But what doesn't feel good is being told that. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like you said, like I, there is a place where you need to like turn it off. You know that you just need that. Like, okay, now we're we're setting this boundary of like rest and connecting. So <laughs> totally. And finding that it's going to be so different. Like the nurture is going to need a lot like, and the nurture within you is going to need a lot more of the human connection and the diving deep and the, that type of spaciousness that, and that's what spaciousness would look like for them. Spaciousness for an entrepreneur could be going on this Epic Mastermind week where I'm like whining and dining with other business owners. And that's what feels spaciousness and like play for me. So it's giving yourself permission to like follow what actually feels good for you rather than here's what it's prescribed for everyone else. And that's freedom with everything, right? Yes. That is like, that is just the prescription like for everyone. Um, Okay. What's the next one? So the next one is there are a couple more. So we got the entertainer. Which based on your, your, your childhood stories that I've heard, you definitely have the entertainer in you. The entertainer wants to make people feel, mm. laugh, cry, think. Mm. They just want to give people an experience of being in their emotions. And they view this life as a stage. Mm. So every moment is an opportunity for them to show up and to entertain. And often it's like the most boring moments that they're gifts come alive. So you know when you're leaving a concert and you're in the car for like four hours stuck in the parking lot? Mm-hmm. The, the entertainer in the car will take that opportunity and do karaoke or tell skits or crack jokes or tell this riveting story or like at a party, they'll have like, you know, maybe people around them and they're just entertaining. And that what that's what makes them feel alive. It's getting that feedback from other people and it's part of their dharma here. Mm-hmm. You're like, yep. <laughs> I had a really small like group of people over for my birthday and I karaoke'd for two hours straight. And I was like, it's my party. I'm allowed to let the side of me out. And I afterward I felt Was I, it just you singing for all two hours? Yeah. Like I was <laughs> people in with the other money. You're like, the next song is Whitney Houston. <laughs> like people would like want to come up and sing with me. I'm like, this one's on my own, but the next one is together. <laughs> You're like, okay, what do you guys rate that one to 10? Be honest. Okay, each person go down the line. <laughs> it's real bad. I actually suppressed You her. hated it. Come on, you hated it. Just like, <laughs> like I suppress her a bit though. I only give her permission sometimes because I'm still a little freaked out of her. Like I because I love her, but I'm not sure if other people think she's as funny as I do. So I'm that's I'm actually stepping into the entertainer more. Love that. So thanks. Yeah. So the entertainer, you know. There's so many forms we can entertain from like acting to dancing to singing, et cetera, but it's to give people a transformation. So Jim Carrey is a really great example of one that he literally morphs and transforms into different characters, but it's so you can think of the world in a different way. So or good. Sasha Baron Cohen, you know, like he will transform into Borat or Ali G or, you know, Bruno and all these different characters. And he's making you laugh, but he's also making you think. Yeah. So that's how the entertainer will show up. Like the activist might be like, like Greta Thunberg of like, we need to change the environment. Whereas the entertainer might, you know, create a YouTube video that makes you laugh and then also think of the world in a different way. So the beauty of the entertainer is we've always needed them from the times of the jesters and the courts to today. We always do need a form of escapism and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. this life, this world can be very mundane and, and repetitive. So the entertainers are here to bring that spark, to bring you back into this higher energy state to make the rest of your life easier. Like that's why we love comedy, listening to podcasts, etc. Now the shadow side when you are an entertainer is sometimes you can get so caught up into the different roles that you're playing that you might not know who you are. And you might just be this kind of chameleon that regarding to what the situation is, you show up in that way because you want to make them feel and entertain. So instead of you being you and anchored in your truth, you're reading the other person and adjusting yourself to fit that, that the entertainers have the largest number of addiction of Mm -hmm. the archetypes. And we see that often in, you know, Hollywood, et cetera. 
and a deep feeling of loneliness, a feeling like I always have to wear this mask and play this role because people won't accept me for who I am. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, giving yourself time to be boring too, and not feeling like you always have to entertain. Yeah. It's, I just thought of, well, I think who we can all think of is like Robin Williams who just like, yeah, just always, always making other people laugh, but probably not minding his own need for comfort from others and just being blah, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. He's, he's one of the examples I always think of, of, of how it could, and you might not never ever know. And they have that earth energy. So it really can hold in themselves and, you know, really care about comforting other people. I would say Robin Williams also had the nurture in him as well. Like he just had that nurturing energy. So it's looking at that. And then the next one is the researcher. Mm. So the researcher is here to understand things on a deep level. They love to get into the details. They feel alive when they're on a quest to understand why things are the way that they are. They have a childlike curiosity to them. Everything it is that they do, they're like, why is the sky green? Why is why is the why is the sky blue not green? Why is the grass green? All these questions, you know. Maybe the sky is green and all of us see colors in different ways. Like that's the type of thing, you know, the researcher would be curious about. So they're the type of person you send them something on Instagram, they're like, I need to do research on this. They won't take things for face value. They love to be in their books, Google searches, just really asking questions that most people wouldn't. So there are two types. There are the past and the future types. Past types really like to go into history, like looking at the past and understanding the past to understand how the world works today. Future like to look at technology, innovation, sciences, etc. to create a different future. But both of them are going to do so in the same way of going into the details. So, you know, we all need researchers. There wouldn't be innovation and technology and medicine and all of these things if it wasn't for the researchers. And their shadow side is oftentimes they have a hard time taking action. They feel like, I don't know enough. I I need to study this more. And we can all think of that like researcher, like deep in their library with all this research, but they haven't done anything with it. They haven't brought it out into the world. So they need to channel or team up with more of their inner warrior, which I'll talk about next, or entrepreneur, something that's more action-oriented to bring it out to the world. Now, Deepak Chopra is a really good example of a researcher. He's researcher visionary. So he has that ability to you know, express and inspire and, and speak at you know, big picture things. And his way of doing so is in the research of, let me explain to you through science why meditation works or why you know your thoughts create your reality, X, Y, Z. And that's like, he wants to bring it to the science community. That is his motivating factor. Whereas for other people, like a Gabby Bernstein, that's not her intention at all. So looking at how they can pair up and how it is so intrinsically related to their dharma. Wow, that is... Like you have the researcher? Not as much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me neither. It's not one of my main <laughs> ones. me. Um, okay, really random question. Do you have like a prism in your room or are we cycling through a prism filter right now? I see this. Um, no, it's just the lighting right now. I just have to tell you, you're cycling through three colors and I am not someone who sees colors. Legitimately, it's lilac right now. It goes green and then it goes um, yellow over and over and over again. I'm going to film it. It's free. We're going across dimensions talking about the archetypes. (laughs) Filter on Zoom. How do do I get that on there? Um, (laughs) The rainbow filter. No, it's just light right now. Legit gonna okay, you just keep going. It's, it's my magical archetypes just coming together. <laughs> no, I'm so weird out in the best way. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So then the last one is the warrior. So the warrior is here to protect. They want to be a voice for the voiceless. They want to use their physicality often to to achieve a goal. They're very team-oriented. So oftentimes people in the fitness space have that warrior-like energy. And it could be like, hey, we're going to shred our fat. And like that's the goal. Or it could be we're going to... You know, protect the people on our in our in our town, like a police officer would say, or it could be protecting the people of our country, like a politician might say. But it's that warrior type of energy of how they show up for things. They actually get alive when there's some controversy. They want to combat. 
they're the type of people, like if you have a friend who, you know, you tell your friend, oh, I'm going through something. They're like, okay, who am I going to fight? Like, they're just ready to go at bat for you, which is like beautiful, but like maybe like you're the one at fault or they haven't gotten all of the details, but they're just ready to charge. And that's part of who they are. So oftentimes people in the fitness space have this warrior-like energy because they're super in their bodies and they like want to feel this like feeling of accomplishment and I gave it my all and I I went past the blocks and that gives them that warrior like feeling that we often don't have in our society anymore because we don't have like the warriors and the and the wonder womans etc so you know the the movie wonder woman those I forget what they're called but like that archetype yeah that archetype is the amazons that's what they're called like yeah. that archetype is super um, super warrior. So looking at the politician AOC, Alexandria Octavia Cortez, she is someone who's such a warrior. Like she is the youngest congresswoman and she will just stand up to anyone and speak her mind and is not afraid of voicing her truth. And, you know, regardless of whether you agree with her or not, you can feel that level of like protection that she has. And she's the one who's going to stand up against these people. So that's part of their dharma. That's why they're like food babe is another example. And she's like, I'm going to go against Subway and these junk food companies. And I'm going to be the one who's going to risk it all. And that's what gives them passion. That's what gives them spark. That's what makes them feel like they're living in their purpose. Mm-hmm. So we need that. We've always had that. We need the people who are willing to be on the front lines, literally, and and stand up. Now, mm-hmm. the shadow side, if you are a warrior, is sometimes you can be so quick to take action that you don't have all the information and you can be quick yeah. to judge or quick to do something. And if a warrior doesn't have a strong sense of purpose around it, it could be wasted energy. It could mm-hmm. be wasted into battles, fights, you know, just just things that aren't actually progressing you forward. So it's important for the warrior to make balance with their other archetypes or team up with them for whatever cause while still letting their... That's why I think fitness is such a great way to let that inner warrior out in a way that's helpful. And even that can become destructive if you're not balancing it out with like your playful energy or your nurturing energy or your entrepreneur energy. Um, But knowing that So now these are all nine of the archetypes. And to me, this has been so helpful because it can be such a big question of like, what's my purpose? Or like, what am I supposed to do? But it's like, okay, what are, you know, maybe the three, four archetypes that you're the highest in? What are the three, four you're the lowest in? Mm -hmm. And then seeing how can I show up more in that way? So what would you say yours like off the top of your head might be that you feel the most resonant with? The strongest? Um... I really feel strong with um, visionary, teacher, entrepreneur, and definitely warrior as in embodying through fitness. Like if I'm preparing for something, if my entrepreneur is preparing for something, I often have to get a bit warrior around it. Mm -hmm. I have to balance. She can get crazy or not know the purpose of the warrior. So... Yeah, I, 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 it's weird because I think you you can resonate with a lot of them, but those were the main ones that that came through for me. I love that, and and do you see how t- so tied it is into your dharma of like yeah. you're you're sharing these ideas and you're teaching, and there's this part of you that's the warrior that's like still so inspired by the fitness and the being in it and all of these different elements that if you suppress that side of yourself, well, then maybe the warrior would start to show up in a shadow way of like, I just need to like be in that energy. So it's knowing that it's not like about just trying to fit into one archetype. And oftentimes it's even the things that we're the most shameful about, the things that feel like they don't fit into the picture that make us who we are and help our people find us. So maybe you're like secretly into anime or you're a yoga teacher, but you were in jail and have tattoos everywhere and listen to Led Zeppelin or you know whatever the things that you think, how, how is this ever going to fit into my purpose? It's actually bringing all of those elements in. And oftentimes it's the things that we're the most shameful about. Like, so for me, you know, I'm teaching about spirituality and Ayurveda and all of these really like ancient esoteric topics. And I love to twerk, I DJ, I love to dance. Like, I have this whole other side of myself that I was like, I don't want people to know about this because it doesn't fit the framework of what a spiritual teacher is supposed to be like. But I, as I start to incorporate that more and more into my work and not seeing it as like my work and my hobbies, but more as an integrated part of my dharma, of my expression, 
then my people started to find me. So if you love 2000s hip hop and talking about the Dharma archetypes, like you're my people. And I'm not going to be for everyone and neither is anyone. But the more that you can like reclaim and call it all in and stand in that embodiment, the more expressed your Dharma will be. And you can always feel it. Like I would rather take a yoga class from that person who was in jail and listens to Led Zeppelin because that's interesting for me. And I would want to know how they brought those pieces into the puzzle. Whereas we often get so concerned with like fitting a role a certain way of like, now I'm a business coach and I can't talk about, you know, my cheerleading days or whatever else it was. It's like, how cool would that be if you were like the cheerleading business coach or, you know, for yourself of like fitness professional and you're like, I love eating my, you know, cheat meals and being silly and doing this karaoke stuff. And that, whether I am doing that or not, that helps me feel that you're in your dharma. Oh my gosh. I mean, like, I think this conversation is so important because a lot of us are denying the biggest, our, our, our next biggest like chapter in life, because it is probably extremely contrasted from who they've been up until this moment. Um, and I'm, I resonate so hard with that because I almost didn't do what I'm doing because I was running in a group of like personal development and spirituality and alcohol was considered low vibe or like, you know, something that could really throw people off. And I was like, but this is a very clear, it was a, such a clear message that I literally could not deny it. And I really struggled with that contrast of like, what would my friends think of me or what would people think if, yeah, she's talking about high vibes and spirituality. And then she's going to talk about alcohol, like something that blocks your channel. Like I like could not get around that for a while. And I had to sit with that and ask what it was and what, you know, what part of me I was like worried about or what I was shameful about around that. And I just had some real conversations with myself. So I'm so glad that you're, I I think that's something that's maybe stopping a lot of people around different things that they're doing is like, what will my family think? What will my friends think? Um, it, when it's something that comes through so true, like, you know, maybe, uh, for a lot of people it's entertainer and they're very serious and they're like worried about how can I apply this? Just like you, like, I I could not even like love your posts enough. Like there's not enough hearts in the world or comments for me to be like, I'm so grateful for the way that you're showing up, like as a spiritual teacher and twerking, you have no idea. Cause I'm just like, thank you for showing that every single thing in the world can actually be like a very spiritual elevated experience. Um, and I, I, if we can all get to that place, it's like how free, mm-hmm. how free, like, cause you probably like, what does that make you feel like when you post that side of you, maybe nervous at first, but what does it feel like when you are living into all sides of you for you? Yeah. So at first it felt super uncomfortable. It felt like I I would never, you know, but I, some part of me just wanted to share it, you know, the part of you that wants to be seen in this way. So I would do like one Instagram story. And sometimes I'd even delete it after of like, oh shit, you know, my mother-in-law's on Instagram or like, you know, all these people that you're afraid of seeing that side to yourself. But then the more I would share it, the more response I would get from people. It wasn't always positive, but I would get this like, oh my God, I love doing that thing too. So I actually... And this is a great question for you, for people to ask. But on my Instagram, I wrote, when have you seen me at my best? Mm. And I thought people would say, oh, when you're speaking, etc. They're like, when you're twerking, when you're dancing, when you're DJing. I'm like, wait, that? That thing that I barely share is when you remember me at my best. And the reason why is because they could feel that I felt alive. I felt authentic. I felt in my body. And that's what really stood out for them. So that's a really good question to ask your friends, family, audience, whatever it is that you have, when have you seen me at my best? And another good practice you can do if you're like, I'm not sure what's my like weird quirky thing to bring in Mm -hmm. is to write your five uncomfortable truths. Wow. So the five things that like you don't want people to know about you. So for me, one of mine is that I overwork. Here I am, the spiritual teacher who's like working all the time, or that I can be really numb to the positive response that I get and obsess over the negative, or you know, these different side of sides of myself that I even put in the book, which I was like, am I sure I want to do this? But then it's like, when you do that, people can see, wow, you're a whole being and I'm a whole being too. So it actually gives them permission to be more of themselves, which in turn lets you step more into your dharma. Like, do you know any of your five uncomfortable truths off the top of your head? Yeah. Let's Uh, that I have a serious case of like when there's something 
that's uncomfortable for me, I have a serious case of avoidance. Like, I just want to like, like throw middle fingers up to the world and go away and not care about what anyone thinks and go live on an Island or drink wine or be like, I don't care about the world. I could care less. Like I, I really have, it's like polar opposite, right? I'm either all in or I want to go all out and just be like, I don't care. Like I've got a very easy wall I can throw up. I don't know where it came from, but it's very accessible for me to just like cut everyone and everything off. I love Um, that. So it's like, here you are, the community leader that could cut everyone off. It's like, how relatable. We all can feel like that too, you know? And it's like, again, whether you personally experienced it or not, it lets us see like, there there is a poll that was given to thousands of people of what makes you dislike someone the most. Mm-hmm. So all these different things, they're superficial, they're obsessed with their appearances, blah, blah, blah. The number one thing was not any of that. It was feeling like they're fake. Uh, so here we are trying to like be this perfect thing. And the very thing that we don't like about other people is when we can sense that in someone else. But here we all are, are trying to do it. So yeah. it's just removing that. And it doesn't have to turn into you need to post on your Instagram or like show up in that way. It could just be you write these things down for yourself to be aware of. But the more you can let the different aspects of you that feel random, that feel shameful, that feel like they don't fit into the picture, the more you can bring that in, the more you're stepping into your dharma. Oh man, I could literally talk about this all day. I'm like, okay, so when can we have you on again? <laughs> like we're just getting, there's so many layers, right? You, you could talk about this for the rest of your life. And what I just like love and want to acknowledge about you is how much you um, pivot into the next conversation and you, you like dive in and you dive in super deep. And then you're like, great, we talked about all that. We're on. <laughs> like, and yet it all intersects and it's mm-hmm. so beautiful and it's permission and it's, it's, it's what makes life so rich is the ability to know when that conversation is done. And I'm sure like when you were done with certain conversations, you were still talking about it a bit. And then you're like, okay, let's transition into, into, into the next one. And I just, I like love that. And every rabbit hole that you go down, I just want to follow you. Um, cause I know it's going to be a great conversation about life. So, um, I love this. Where can people, uh, learn more? Like, tell me what they're going to get out of your book. Like who exactly is it for? Yeah. So if you are someone who, you know, 2020, every single person has questioned their purpose in some sort of way, whether you have felt like you're living in full alignment with it or not. So this year, though it has been extremely painful for in so many ways, has also given us this opportunity to ask ourselves, how do I want to live? What ways can I shift and pivot to make this feel more like me? And that's what really living your dharma is about. So... To me, I would read these different like spiritual books, self-help books, and I'm like, okay, I'm meant to be my unique self, but like, what does that look like? What action points do I take? Like, what do I actually do to get there? So I really created all these different systems and frameworks, such as these nine Dharma archetypes. I have a quiz you can take as well, um, dharmaarchetypequiz.com to learn more about those archetypes specifically. But the five stages of Dharma embodiment, the four pathways to get there, like the Dharma blueprint process, all of these frameworks that you can actually go through to like take something as esoteric and out there as what is my purpose and really hone it in and let you see that you're already living it. It's already inside of you. It's just waiting to come out. So all of this is available um, in Discover Your Dharma. Deepak Chopra wrote the forward, who is always a huge expander for me. And this, I couldn't have imagined it to come out kind of at this better time when it will shift the world so much to have more people living in their purpose. So people can order the book at IamSaharRose.com slash Dharma. I have different bonuses that they can get as well when they submit their receipt. My Instagram is IamSaharRose. I have a podcast as well, which you've been on um, called Highest Self Podcast. And yeah, and the Dharma Archetype Quiz is DharmaArchetypeQuiz.com. Oh my God. I'm so grateful for you. I actually tuned into you a bunch when at the beginning of the year, when I was feeling just really out of my body and not, not knowing, you know, just 
what was going on in the world. And your podcast super helped me because you're really, really uh, just like your books and everything that you do. You're so good with bringing all perspectives. So I do think that we can let things can land better when we know it's coming from someone who can actually talk on the whole, um, which was really, really powerful. So I just want to thank you for being there for me and you guys now she can be there for you Mm -hmm. as you discover your purpose, figure out why you're here, because this is this is the tool. Like truly this book that you have come out with is the tool that can help you live your life more in your purpose and on a clear path instead of spending a lot of it confused and asking. And that's the worst spot to be. Like, I know it's an important spot, but it's not a spot you need to be in for as long as a lot of us stay. So this is so huge. You guys make sure you go pick up that book. Um, and also the biggest gift that you can give to our guests is always to tag them and let them know what their biggest takeaway was. So can you give your Instagram handle one more time? It's at I am Sahara Rose. Amazing. So you guys tag uh, Sahara and make sure you let her know what your biggest aha and your biggest takeaway was so that she can know um, what impacted you guys uh, from this podcast. So thank you so much for being on. I'm so grateful for you. Uh, And you guys, until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about, or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement, and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal, and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time, and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't, and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our lives life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I 
literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back and I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages, and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this. And now their smart AI platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business. Go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com.